Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and it's Monday, the day of each week that we read back some messages from the mailbag. Rob, do you want to kick us off today with this message about your Monster Fact episode on the killer rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Oh, yeah, yeah. This one comes to us from Daniel. Daniel writes, hi, this is Daniel. I've spoken to you before about burning mountains in your Underground Fire episode. I loved your look at the killer rabbit of Karbanan. You said something about some herbivores eating meat in some rare instances. When I was young, we had pet rabbits in a large enclosure along with some parrots that lived in the upper part, sort of a mix between an aviary and a hutch. One morning, I found that one of the parrots had died during the night and fallen on the floor. The rabbits were eating it. I thought it was really weird at the time, but I've since seen other herbivores sometimes do the same. Anyway, thank you for your show. As a radio presenter and producer here in Australia, I know how much work it is. Cheers, Daniel. Well, first of all, thanks, Daniel. But second of all, I'm a little suspicious of this story because of the Monty Python dead parrot connection. (laughs) That's too much of a coincidence to be real. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. The more you look at reality, the more you, you realize that um, that Monty Python is is not that far removed from reality. But the point is, it's good eating. 
Well, we 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 appreciate the uh, uh, the story here, Daniel. Uh, yeah, this is this is a topic, of course, that we've discussed in other episodes of the show before, uh, not just in this one monster fact episode. Uh, cases where animals that are you generally might might not think about eating meat will, in some cases, if if conditions are right, will definitely chow down on some meat. Yeah, I think a lot of animals that are considered herbivores might be better thought of as animals that are not specialized, at not biologically specialized at eating meat, but a lot of them can eat meat and do sometimes. Yeah. Um, one of the times I remember this coming up was in our episode about the Minotaur, where we discussed uh, meat-eating cows. Remember, like, cows mm-hmm. that would eat chickens and, and other things. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, I mean, the, the mythological examples are pretty rich there too. Uh, uh, man-eating horses in Greek tradition. And there's a lot of great mm. stuff out there. Oh yeah, I think Heracles had to round some of those up, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we got a bunch of messages in response to our series on whistling. I'm going to do this first one from Kenna, who says. Hi, Robert and Joe. I recently listened to your whistling four-parter and have a new appreciation for some of the context behind a show I recently watched, a Chinese drama called The Untamed, or Chin Ching Ling. In it, the main character, a necromancer named Wei Wushan, uses whistling or his flute to call up various ghosts, fierce corpses, or other spirits of Chinese fantasy. Other characters use what appear to be more mainstream abilities for a Xiangxia show, but the fact that you mentioned whistling as a Taoist practice made some of the cultural background click into place for me. Secondly, you asked for personal experience with whistling, and my family is in the habit of using, quote, the pony whistle, a truly piercing sound that I can only transcribe as... I don't know. How am I supposed to read this? I mean, okay. <laughs> it's like, fui oo e o Is that reasonably faithful to what I'm looking at here? I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, is it supposed to be actually whistled, right? If, if, if it is supposed to be whistled, it's I, hard to really... I, I Okay, I'm just going to skip to the next sentence. I've never met someone else uh, who has a family whistle, but I'm sure we can't be the only ones. Oh, Kenna, you are not. We heard from at least one other person here, so, so that's coming up. Hmm. Uh, but Kenna goes on, My grandfather, who seems to be the origin of the whistle, could be heard halfway across the county fair or a quarter of a mile away at the nearby creek if he wanted to summon his pack of roving grandchildren. It's also a good method for tracking down parents uh, seeking shade in a crowded theme park or to double check that everyone in your hiking party is nearby in generations past this sound was apparently used to call in livestock or my mother's semi-feral ponies now it's used to summon dogs and children but only by the older generations of the family a good number of my cousins uh, never seem to have learned how to whistle keep up the great work kenna uh well that's really interesting yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I never had a family whistle. I don't have a family whistle now. It just wasn't a wasn't, wasn't a family wasn't a whistling family. Now, I'm not familiar with this Chinese drama that uh, Kenna mentions here, but I, I pulled it up briefly on IMDb, and it, it looks interesting. Uh, I may have to, to check it out. I'm always looking for uh, a good uh, TV series to to view. But it does remind me after we finished the fourth episode of the whistling series. I was watched watched a couple of things on Hulu, both of which ended up involving whistling. I watched the new Predator movie, Prey, oh. uh, which, which is a lot of fun and has, I don't know if you remember, but there's some whistling at the very end. I 
don't what i loved prey i don't recall the whistling what was it unless unless this is a a memory that i created i believe our main character uses a whistle at one point to distract the predator or uses it as a war cry um oh, i don't remember okay. the exact context but it's late in the film sort of in the showdown portion yeah okay well again i don't specifically recall that but it, it seems like it it seems plausible it could have been there but it's also Definitely used on the another series that's airing on Hulu. It's a, an FX series uh, titled um, uh, Reservation Dogs, which is a, a great mm-hmm. uh, comedy uh, and drama. It's, it manages a nice balance of the serious and the and, and the comedic. But uh, there are some there are some references to uh, inappropriate whistling that might summon spirits, which of course is in line with multiple folk traditions that we discussed in those episodes. Well, that's a great tie-in. I, I haven't seen that show, but uh, but yeah, the new Predator I can definitely vouch for. It uh, I never would have expected a deep Predator sequel to not only be great, just like a great action mm-hmm. movie like the first one, but to genuinely give me feelings. Uh, there's all kinds of like uh, friendship feelings, dog feelings. It's great. Yeah, I thought they really knocked it out of the park with that one. It's a it's a film that I think I've I've enjoyed all the Predator movies that I've seen. <laughs> I, I have not seen the second AVP movie, but I've, I've seen all the rest, Ooh. and uh, and I enjoyed all of them. And so I went into this one expecting, okay, we're going to have a, a Predator movie set in an uh, historic uh, time period. Okay, I can go f- go for that. Uh, if it, it, it might not be good, but at least it'll be entertaining. But it it went beyond that for me. I thought it was just a, a great film, one of if not the best Predator movies we've had. Oh, totally. And there's a bear in it. I keep watching movies with bears uh, in them. I should, should probably just double down and just seek out uh, bear-themed films at this point. What's that mutant bear movie you keep bringing up? Oh, that's uh, what Prophecy. Yeah. Okay. Is that like an evil bear created by by unholy science or something? Um, it is. It's. I think it's an environmental threat movie. Uh, I think okay. it's like some sort of a pollution angle. I actually fired it up not too long ago because I was like, "Yeah, I want to. I want to watch a mutant bear movie with Robert Foxworth in it." Uh, but uh, I don't know. It starts off a little. It, it's almost seemed like maybe it was a little too good a little too serious and i think it also mm. opens with like multiple dog deaths so, <laughs> i mean i think they're killed by a mutant bear so i like uh-huh. that's okay it's, if it's not people killing the dogs if it's like a monster bear killing the dogs it's all right uh, what are you asking me i'm, I'm not I, the I, boss I, of <laughs> people's dog death reactions i mean i admit I, I don't love them but yeah i think some of them also died from a great fall so mm. it, it's a little mixed exactly what's going on. But I don't know. It was enough to where I was like, oh, I don't know if this is this film is going to be as fun as I thought it was going to be. Maybe I'll come back and look at this another time. OK, hey, uh, next message about whistling is from David. And this ties into something Ken asked about here about family whistles. David says, Hey, Robert and Joe, this is Dave. I was listening to your series about whistling and your discussion of whistling languages reminded me of a girl I dated in high school. Her mother would whistle the names of her Rebecca and her sister, Emily, because the stress pattern on their names was so distinctive. Apparently, this started when they were little and their mother couldn't speak because she was fighting throat cancer. Hmm. She recovered, but the habit stuck. That's uh, Wow, that's amazing. Um, uh, Dave goes on, When you were discussing the advantages of tonal languages for whistling, this 25-year-old memory suddenly came to me. I could see how an initial quirk like this could lead to a full-fledged language. Anyway, I've been enjoying the show for years. Keep up the good work, Dave. Hmm. 
All right, here's another one. This one comes to us from Jacinth. Jacinth writes in and says, In my state and most states in India, bus conductors use whistles to signal to the driver to stop or move the bus. A single whistle means stop, and a double whistle means to move. Simple yet uh, makes it easy for the conductor to communicate with the driver even in a heavily crowded, noisy bus. Maybe this is uh, in use in other countries as well. Continue the great work. Oh, yeah, that's the cutting through the mix property of whistling that Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed a 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, next message. We got a response to Weird House Cinema that has some really excellent monster science uh, <laughs> going on. So this is from Eric. Uh, subject line, Plan 9 Solar Night Bomb. You remember in Plan 9 from Outer Space, one of the reasons that the aliens think that we're so stupid, stupid, stupid Earth mines is that we're about to create this horrible weapon called the Solar Night Bomb, and it's just going to ruin everything. Uh, and then, of course, the the main human hero is like, yeah, I think we should make this bomb that will destroy the universe. It will make us stronger <laughs> as a nation. So, on to Eric's message. Greetings, gentlemen. I loved the episode of Weird House Cinema. I watched this film several years ago, but I pretty much couldn't pay attention, so I only have some vague impressions of Bella Lugosi wandering around and cheap graveyard and flying saucer sets. You asked a question about the, quote, physics, unquote, of the solar night bomb, specifically what the effective range would be. Because remember, there's the, the scene where uh, the alien is saying, oh, yeah, so it, it, the bomb will travel along the rays of sunlight and it will explode every particle of sunlight and everything that the sunlight touches. And then we we're like, well, I mean, you know, rays of photons just sort of like go on forever. So that would destroy an awful lot. Mm hmm. Uh, but so, yeah, how would that work? Eric says, it really depends on the mechanism of the bomb. My first question is, what kind of particle is exploding? The script I found was a bit vague. First, Eros says that, quote, the rays of sunlight are minute particles. And later he says, quote, a ray of sunlight is made up of many atoms. The sun emits a few different kinds of particles. There are photons of a range of spectra from radio to gamma. There's the solar wind, which consists of electrons, protons, alpha particles, which are ionized helium nuclei, and trace numbers of other ionized atomic nuclei. And there are also huge numbers of neutrinos. If the solar night bomb causes photons to explode... What exactly is the product of the explosion? Photons are essentially the fundamental form of energy, so there is no way to convert them into more energy. Mm. Pretty much all forms of explosions give off light to some degree or other, and nuclear and thermonuclear explosions give off mostly light, typically gamma radiation. Neutrinos would not make sense, uh, even though their extremely non-interactive nature means that there are literally trillions of them passing through your body every second. They are so ridiculously tiny that even if you converted all of the ones passing through your body in a second, it would only generate uh, about 19 nanojoules of energy. 
If you took all of the neutrinos that pass through the whole planet and converted them into energy, you would get about 500 kilojoules, which is about enough to power a couple of incandescent light bulbs for an hour. It makes more sense if the bomb causes the particles of the solar wind to explode. Perhaps it's some form of matter-to-energy conversion that causes all free electrons and or ionized particles in a particular area to convert partially or completely into energy, gamma radiation. The sun gives off about 1.5 million metric tons of solar wind per second, which is equivalent to about 135 million exajoules of energy, or about 30 million gigatons of TNT. That assumes that the solar night bomb is exploding a sphere around the sun of approximately one light second in radius. It might be a smaller radius. I can't speculate on what the effect of such an explosion would do, but even a much smaller radius uh, would be at least a couple of orders of magnitude greater than the world's nuclear arsenal, so I'm thinking earth-roastingly powerful. I think you were speculating that perhaps the weapon, quote, charges solar photons to explode on contact somehow. Assuming the energy is coming from something other than the photons, such as the atom or particle it hits, this would be a pretty powerful weapon. The sun gives off roughly 10 to the 44 photons per second, even if you assume that those photons only hit and detonate hydrogen atoms, that's still about 100 quadrillion exajoules or 30 quadrillion gigatons. It would annihilate the solar system, cook most of our section of the galaxy, and probably cause cancer to any hypothetical aliens as far away as the Magellanic Clouds. Mm. It would be way worse than a supernova. The effects would extend out to much of the observable universe, basically anywhere that light from the sun can reach before it crosses the cosmic event horizon, the point at which distant objects become unobservable because they are traveling away too fast. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about when I was saying there would be some objects that, because of the expansion rate of the universe, are now sort of out of reach of the solar night bomb. But Eric goes on, although at anything more than a few hundred thousand light years, the number of charged photon impacts would be so few that it would not be distinguishable from ambient radiation. Sorry for the massive nerd out. I hope it's not too tedious. No, Eric, this is great. Um, uh, this was the very first uh, Weird House movie that I'd actually seen, but I absolutely love hearing your takes on these wacky and weird films, even when I haven't seen them. All the best to you and keep up the good work. P.S. I also wanted to mention, in reference to the whistling episodes, the thing brought most to my mind was the Kill Bill movies. Whistling is used a few different times, either to convey menace or at least tension, which is very distinct from the more traditional understanding of whistling as indicating lightheartedness. Good episodes. Thanks for filling in all the empty nooks and crannies in my brain, Eric. <laughs> oh, this was great. Yeah, no, no. I love, I love a good... Uh uh, yeah, like, like I said, a monster science kind of a journey here. And it really, it, it shows one of the great things about a film like Plan 9 from Outer Space is that it has the audacity to present a concept like this. And, and, then, and then we have to think about it. And we have to think, well, how would that even begin to work? And, and there's, there's so much room for contemplation. Like a, a better slash lesser film would have just gone with something a bit more established in trope, you know? Like, oh, well, it's just... Uh, we'll just stop at the uh, at the development of nuclear weapons, or it'll be uh, just uh, just the, the next logical pro progression from that instead of this just galaxy destroying technology that surely um, like mid twentieth century humanity is just a heartbeat away from attaining. 
I could see, so like Ed Wood must have realized if the script was just about regular bombs and nuclear weapons, it would not emphasize how stupid, stupid, stupid our earth mines are. We right. need to go all the way to the sunlight destroying bomb or else <laughs> the stupidity of our minds is not fully illustrated. Yeah. All right. This uh, next one comes to us from Daniel. I assume this is a different Daniel, but I don't know for certain. Uh, Daniel writes in and says, hello. First, I love Weird House Cinema so very, very, very much. Thank you for making my Fridays extra spiffy. As I was listening to last Friday's episode, I was suddenly struck by the apparent similarity between the trailer music for Thrilling Bloody Sword and the theme song to the Japanese anime TV show Star Blazers. Battleship Yamato is the original Japanese title. I thought that sounds much too similar to be a coincidence, and then I heard you mentioning later in the episode that there were other pieces of music in the film that sounded very similar to existing songs, the U.S. national anthem being the most bizarre one. So I wonder if, in fact, the composer was possibly a fan of the Japanese anime show, which predates the film by several years. Thank you for both giving me and likely bazillions of others a fancy treat on Friday. Sincerely, Daniel. Did you look this up, Rob? Uh, I Well, I didn't. Um, but I will say a couple of things on this. First of all, it goes without saying, when you're dealing with trailers, it is not uncommon to find the music from other films used in a trailer. Like how many, I feel like there were a number of films that came out with the the music from Aliens uh, in, in it to promote yep. a film that was not aliens, you know? Yeah. Stuff gets reused all the time. I think the music from what, what that song from saw shows up in other trailers, I think. And, Oh, and what's that song from it's from Requiem for a dream. They keep putting in other stuff. Yeah. There's some, probably some other good examples that I'm just not, not thinking of off the top of my head. Uh, but, but yeah, often, I think sometimes the, the score for a given film isn't ready yet when they're putting together promotional material, or they just re- they really know a certain song, a certain track, or a certain piece from another music is going to definitely connect with an audience and get their, get their attention so you can drive home that they need to see this film. I just did listen to a couple of seconds of the Star Blazers theme, and the melody is strikingly similar. Except it has lyrics in in the Star Blazers <laughs> version. It's like the, you know the do 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 do. In this, it's saying we're off to outer space in the English version. Mm. Now, another issue I do want to highlight, and I didn't. I ended up not going into this in the Throne of Bloody Sword episode, but I did see some user reviews for another film that had been. Uh, that, that that had been apparently scored by the same uh, composer, and there was and this individual had said, "Well, this this movie just straight up uses music from John Carpenter's The Thing." Uh, hmm. I I tried to verify that. I found a rip of the movie that they were talking about online. I was like, "I'm going to listen to this, see if I can get any notes of the thing," and I didn't I didn't find it. I didn't have enough time to really devote to, <laughs> to watching a whole other film just to answer this sort of uh, rabbit hole question. But it does at least raise the possibility of of maybe unlicensed score reuse in some of these films, but I really don't know for certain. So I'd love to hear from anyone out there who has more familiarity with uh, Taiwanese cinema, uh, Hong Kong cinema, et cetera, and, and may have thoughts on this. This also brings to mind something, I don't think we've talked about this on the show before, but uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine from 1976 is an example of a film that has a great soundtrack, but it's like it's taking music from... Uh, you know, acts like Craftwork uh, and uh, Tangerine Dream, and I, I am not personally sure if if those are uh, uh, like uh, official uses of those tracks. You know, mm, yeah. 
All right. Well, on that note, we're out of time. We have more listener mail to get to, but we're going to we're going to set it aside. We'll come back to it next week. But keep the new listener mails coming. If you have thoughts on recent episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind, Weird House Cinema, Monster Fact, Artifact, or just responses to other listener mail discussions, then let us know. Obviously, we'd love to hear from you. Lister Mail publishes every Monday, so just check us out. Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other, to suggest a topic for the future, or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.